Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you all so much for this beautiful day you've blessed us with and the awesome opportunity to be able to study your word. Help us now as we get into it as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z in the word guidance, if you will turn to 1 Peter. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2 here, picking it up in verse 11. Some more guidance we see here. Where it reads, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from filthy lust which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation." It's important that we always know that the world is watching. The world is looking at us. We are ambassadors of God. Therefore, we need to behave like that and to present ourselves to the world as representatives, ambassadors, Christ-like individuals. So everything that we do needs to be honest and forthright and beneficial so that, as it says there, having your conversation and your interaction with others among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, because you know they're always going to be cutting down and condemning and criticizing the Christians, it means they may, by your good works, that means everything that you do that they see, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Everything that we do is glorifying God. All right, now as it continues here, giving us a little bit of instructions concerning how we need to behave concerning the interaction with the political scene, the those that are of power in politics, in the judicial system even. As it says, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, which in our case here in this country would be the president, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evil doers and for the praise of them that do well. We need to know that the Lord has established civilization. And when we are actively participants in the elections, then we can elect God-fearing people to those offices, which makes it far easier for us to follow the laws when the laws have been written and implemented and enforced by God-fearing people. So we need to get out there and get into it. You hear these saying, oh, separation of church and state. Total misunderstanding of what that means in the Constitution. But the church should be fully involved in government. Because when we have God-fearing people in the local government and state government and the federal government, then we'll have a much more God-glorifying country, which we surely need to turn in that direction. 
Let's read that again in verse 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Putting in the silence. They say that, oh, the Christians are evil, they're terrorists, and all the horrible things that they like to proclaim about Christians, falsely proclaim about Christians, that we may put them to silence. Because as it says, may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Verse 16, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Honor the king, honor the president, honor the prime minister, honor who it is that's been lifted up as the chief official in your political system. You don't have to like what the individual is doing. If you don't, if it's not godly, then try to do something about it. But we're still to honor that office, honor that authority that has been given them, and pray for them that they'll follow the, the will of the Lord. All right, turn on over to First Peter in chapter 5. Some further guidance given to us from Peter, as it reads, The elders which are among you I exhort, whom am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Now some instructions on those that have got some years under the belt, you might say. He's calling them elders. The experience, the position that you have of influence over the younger. It reads, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy liqueur, but of a ready mind. When you get into a position to be able to work within an organization, a church, a synagogue, a group of believers, and they have lifted you up to someone who they are listening to, learning from, then we have a responsibility to share what the Lord has given us, that wisdom, that experience, and do it properly with the right attitude with the right goals to help the others, not just in a way to, as it says, lord over them in the next verse, or to do it to get some money out of it, where it says not for filthy liqueur. It means not for your own selfish gain. As it continues in verse 3, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. We need to live a God-glorifying life in the front of others so they can see the example in us. We should be presenting Jesus Christ in everything that we do. I'm saying we because I would fall into this category of elder here. And that all of us that are 
are up in the years need to know that the younger are looking up to us as an example. So we need to be doing it right. Let's read that again. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy liqueur, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, notice the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ, the one and only shepherd, don't lift yourself up as a shepherd, never lift yourself up as a shepherd. Ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. A very important message going to the elders of the church. And the elders here being those that have been put in positions of teacher or preacher or pastor or missionary are the most that would apply to this here. The, the responsibility to share what the Lord has given you and that is the wisdom and understanding of Him and His Word. Give that to others. Feed the flock. And now he addresses the younger in verse 5. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. When the elder is doing it right, then you submit yourself to the elder that is doing it right. But if you see an elder that is not doing it right, that is doing things for their own selfish gain, then you know they're not a true believer anyway. So don't be... Submitting yourselves to those sorts. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with the humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Always be humble. Always give God the credit for everything that you achieve. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And that's an important part there as well. To cast your care upon him. Sometimes we carry the burdens ourselves, the concerns for others, the concerns for getting the work done properly, and the concerns for the things that we need to continue to do a work. And we need to know we humbly come to Him and say, Lord, I'm in Your hands. I'm a hunk of clay in Your hands. Mold me in whatever You would have it to be. And then just hang on for the ride. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. And in further instructions, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. That being sober is so important. You wouldn't think you'd have to tell Christians to stay away from mind-altering substances because this could apply to any drugs that cloud the mind or any alcohol or any substance that, like I say, that alters the thinking, that dilutes the reality. You must stay sober-minded. And this goes beyond just the substances because you can get in your mind and become drunken in thoughts and attitudes and behaviors 
that's got nothing to do with a substance. It comes from within. So we need to be clear-minded. That's what being sober is all about. Stay away from the substances that alter that and keep your mind clean and pure by letting it be renewed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a broiled lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Like, we all going through the similar things. So, know that it's not, nothing to just coming upon you. And the Lord can see us through whatever challenge when we totally trust in Him. But the God of all grace, who hath called us into His eternal glory by Jesus, by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And amen to that. So much available to us when we really humbly come to the Lord and say, Lord, here I am. Use me however you would please and mean it and do it and get out there and be a part of the work of the Holy Ghost that he allows you to be a part of. And as I say, hang on for the ride. All right, now let's roll on over into Second Peter in chapter 1, and let's pick it up here in verse 16 as we get further guidance from Peter. It reads, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. This is identifying Peter as an eyewitness to Jesus Christ. He walked right there with Jesus Christ. He was one of the first that was chosen to be a disciple and an apostle to be sent out. And this is recorded by the eyewitness, the one that was right there. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. You can go back and look at that in the Gospels from the Mount of Transfiguration. It reads, We have also a more excellent word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. This gives us an assurance of the dependability of the accuracy of the Word of God preserved for us to give us the guidance that we need to be able to live the kind of life the Lord wants us to be, to be in the perfect will of God. And I like ways puts it there that 
No prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. It all works together. From the beginning all the way through the end, all of it ties together, works together, giving us a clear picture. And you have to study the whole thing and apply it all together. Not just take out one little piece and say, okay, this stands on its own, this means this, and nothing else backs it up, then you can't stand on that. It's got to apply to it at all. It all comes together. As it says, no private interpretation in that sense. Also, it means that it's not being revealed to only one individual. It's being revealed to all of us that truly come to the Lord and ask for that revelation of His Word. Going on into Second Peter in chapter 2. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. A warning here about false prophets. They were dealing with them back then, well, all the way back to the beginning, and they are truly dealing with them now, and it will be on the increase the closer we get to the last days. And he's clearly putting it here that there'll be false prophets. Those that proclaim they are sent by God, but they are not. They're sent of Satan. False teachers among you. They infiltrate the church. They infiltrate the believers. And they are false. They are liars. They are working for Satan. Who privily or privately shall bring in damnable heresies. They they like to bring it in in a subtle way, secretly, a little bit at a time, until it, like the leavening, it affects the entire loaf. Read that again. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. They do get a lot of followers. There is an Through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. They're in it for that filthy liqueur. They're in it for the prophet. They're in it for themselves, and they serve Satan. Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. The Lord is going to take care of those folks the way they need to be taken care of. Judgment day is coming. They are going to be held accountable. Be aware of those that are out there. And they infiltrate the church. They come in as if they're part of the group, but they are of Satan. They're there to cause a disturbance, to cause a division, to cause chaos. All right, now turn over to Second Peter chapter 3. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Now he's going to further teach us here about 
some of the false prophets that they were dealing with and that we deal with today, and some of the false teachings. It is that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. Notice, he's emphasizing that we be aware of the prophecies. The prophecies of the Old Testament. He's not just emphasizing the New Covenant, the New Testament, the newer writings that were available to them then. Not that, no. But to be mindful of the prophecies. The prophecies of the Old Testament are still applicable to that period when Peter was there, as well as now, as well as many of them apply to our future. So it's important that we study the entire Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. But there are some of those false teachers that try to shed the Old Covenant and just stick with the New Covenant and the New Writings. The New meaning those that were from the New Testament time. So we got to be careful that we study the whole Bible, not just the New Covenant. That ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Old Testament, New Testament. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. Now, we see that already occurring. These scoffers that scoff about the Bible, saying, oh, you don't have to apply any of that Old Testament stuff. That's all antiquated, and it doesn't apply to today. We're under new times. New things are going on. The Lord has revealed new things unto me, and this is what it is. That's a sure warning right there. So we got to be very careful that we not get swept up in the interest of these new scoffers that say, oh, you can't trust anything of the Old Testament. And he gets into some of the things that they scoff about as we continue. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. They're saying, there's nothing changed. Some 2,000 years since he said he was going to come back. Why hadn't he come back yet? Therefore, he must not be coming back. For this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. See, that's one of the key things that you could find present in these folks that are the scoffers that he's speaking of here. They don't trust the records we find in the Bible concerning creation, especially Genesis chapters 1 through 11. They scoff about that. They believe in evolution, for instance, which is a total fairy tale. And they twist around the Old Testament to try to split it apart and have openings that they can plug in their so-called science, where you have the introduction of the gap theory, for instance, where they try to plug in a gap between Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. There is no gap. There isn't even a verse break in the original writings. 
but they can then open that up and then throw, try to throw in the chaos theory and so forth. Won't go into no details of the false teaching, but know that we can trust the Word of God and it is accurate. Six literal days of creation and the seventh day he rested. As he clearly says here, for this they willingly are ignorant. They want to be ignorant of the true creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Speaking of the very creative process, when the entire planet was covered with water, and he divided the land from the water, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. There he gets into the flood. They doubt the flood. They think that the flood didn't occur. They, oh, it was just a local thing. Well, no, you can go anywhere on the planet in any nation and find fossils that represent the time period of the flood. Go to the highest mountains and you can find seashell fossils. You can go into the mountains here in Virginia and find the seashell fossils up into the hills. Well, that means this place was underwater. You take an airplane, go up in the air and you look down. You can see how the earth was formed or reformed molded and crafted by the effects of the flood, the continental shifts, the valleys, the mountains, all of it being shaped through the whole process of the flood, reshaped, I should say. So they deny that. They don't want to believe that because if they was to believe a worldwide flood, they would have to believe that there's accountability. Because that flood came upon the planet because of the sin of man. They don't want to believe that, for sure. They definitely don't want to believe in accountability. As it continues, Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store. This word is Jesus Christ. His word spoke everything into existence and holds everything into existence until his appointed time. Reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. The Lord is going to destroy this planet at the appropriate time. Not the lies about climate change and global warming and everything else that they come up with that changes every few years. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Here he is telling us how the Lord is outside of time. He spoke time into existence. So whether it's a day, whether it's a thousand years, same thing with him. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That is why he is still patiently awaiting for more to come in. That's why it's been some 2,000 years since he told us that he was going to come back and get us. Still waiting for more to come to him. 
But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things have, shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Isn't that awesome? A new heaven and a new earth, because all this is going to be wiped out, everything melted away, even the elements of all that he spoke into existence, and a brand new heaven and a brand new earth for us to dwell on in righteousness for eternity. Right there, hand in hand with Jesus Christ, walking upon the beautiful brand new earth. That is so awesome that he has done all that. And it's by grace that we can get saved. So listen to the guidance of the Holy Ghost. Study his word so that we can, as he says there, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. How do you do that? Confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then we can be found blameless and be looking forward to that beautiful brand new earth for eternity. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for your word. There's so much in here, so much that we need to study and, and understand so that we can have that proper guidance to walk the pathway you want us to be on. Help all of us have that burning desire to do that very thing. Thank you so much as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.